morning, I want to share with you Unveiling the Mysteries of Sanctification, Part 3. Unveiling the Mysteries of Sanctification, Part 3. I want to begin by saying that when you come into the kingdom, there are two main mysteries among other mysteries that we preach. The mystery of iniquity and the mystery of godliness. Mystery of iniquity. The mystery of sin. And the mystery of godliness. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity do already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way the mystery of iniquity everything that happens in our world is not ordinary behind every happening physically is an influence spiritually Everything that we see happen in the natural is remotely controlled in the spirit world. Mystery of iniquity. When we talk about a mystery, a mystery is a happening that cannot be explained. So for instance, the prosperity in this ministry is a mystery. Because it cannot be explained. Mystery of iniquity do work in our times. That is the reason why so many people do the things that they do. But they don't understand why they do them. Because behind the scene is a force, a mystery that is working against them. You can imagine somebody like Samson. One of the weekday meetings, pastor read a scripture to us that Delilah said, show me your secret that your enemies will come up against you and kill you. He knew this thing, that Delilah was looking for his death, but yet could not resist Delilah. The mystery of iniquity. Do work it. So many people. Believers. Are into secret sins. They don't know how to stop. They can't even explain why it is so. It is the mystery of iniquity. What will enable you to overcome. The mystery of iniquity 
is the mystery of godliness. You need a greater mystery. The mystery of righteousness. The mystery of sanctification that will enable you to overcome the mystery of iniquity. You can, can you imagine a believer that is hot for God? Then married will begin to go behind the wife. Mystery of iniquity. What we need is the mystery of godliness. That is why it is important. You look like somebody like Judas. That after a faithful service and walk with Jesus, the Bible said that Satan entered him. The devil forced him to sin. Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Mystery of iniquity. We need the mystery of sanctification. We need the mystery of godliness in order for us to prevail against the mystery of iniquity. How then do we assess the mystery of godliness? The mystery of sanctification. We assess the mystery of sanctification by our hunger, our thirst, and love for righteousness. We assess the mystery. Of sanctification by our test, our hunger, and our love for righteousness. Whatever you are not tested for, you will not be filled with. Whatever you are not hungry for, you shall not be filled with. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those that test and hunger after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What you are hungry for is what you are filled with. When you are hungry for righteousness, then God will fill you with righteousness. When you are filled with righteousness, when your heart is filled and full of righteousness, then you become empty of sin. When your heart is filled with the fullness of God, then sin cannot have a place in your heart. The problem is that so many people don't hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we can see that by the attitude that believers show. That we are not hungry. We are not thirsty for righteousness. If you are really thirsty for doing the right things. God shall fill you. 
So many people are not thirsty. We are only wishing to live a righteous life. We cry, Lord, how can I be free from this sin? Why is it that every day I am tempted? How I wish I can be free from this sin. You don't wish. You have to hunger. You have to be thirsty for righteousness. When you are full of righteousness, you shall be empty of sin. You can imagine amongst Christians, people say, church aside, business aside, our attitude shows that we don't love righteousness. That is why we are not filled with righteousness. Church aside, business aside. That means a saint in church and a devil in business. Double standards. Your love for righteousness is shown in your passion for hatred of sin. If you hear evil as a believer, and you are laughing, you are rejoicing. Your conscience is dying. Know that there is something wrong with you. It will only come. The life of righteousness will only come. You can overcome sin by your love. That is a strong hatred for sin. Whatever sin you hear people do and you are laughing. You commit sin. People talk about it and you are laughing. You are making mouth mouth. You cannot overcome the issue of sin. Because there is no hatred for the sin. So many believers living a double standard life. A double standard. That is what the Bible said. That Ephraim has become an unturned cake. Unturned cake. This place is hot. The other side is cold. Hypocrisy. Hosea chapter 7 verse 8. Our attitude should show the love for righteousness. If you don't have a passion and a test. For righteousness you shall not be filled. Hosea chapter 7 verse 8. Ephraim has made himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not ten. Strangers have devoured his strength. And he knoweth it not. Strangers have devoured. He has made himself with strangers. So he has become an unturned cake. Hallelujah. A test for righteousness. So many of us have been far away from our father because of sin. Like the prodigal son. We have been struggling with unbelievers and eating pig's food. We have been dying with unbelievers. We have been living with uncircumcised Philistines and they have made us with their life. They have imparted their lives to us. 
So righteousness is no more an issue in our lives. And you are wishing. It doesn't come that way. You must be. When you love something. You hate the opposite. So strong hatred for, for sin. Strong hatred for sin. If in your environment. People. Cannot point to you that you are a believer. There is a question mark on you. You have to come to a point that at your workplace, people can say that this one is a spoiler of evil. One time in school, I was sitting under the almond tree. Some Teachers were planning to do some crooked things, corrupt things. I was sitting up listening to them. And one of them said, Let's go and inform Madame Jamila. Then one of them said, Don't try, oh. He will spoil the deal for us. Don't try. He, he will spoil the deal for us. And I said, This is a good testimony. Be a spoiler of evil that at your workplace they are trying to do corrupt things. They can say, don't go and tell him, oh, don't go. Don't try. He will spoil that thing. Be a spoiler of evil. That one is better than your boss and your people. They don't know whether you are a Christian or you are a pagan. That is why they keep on tempting you with evil. ignited you. That is why they keep on. They keep on. They keep on tempting you with evil. If you have a strong stand against evil, evil will be far away from you. Most of the times it is because there is no there is no strong stand against evil. There is no strong stand against evil. Very, very importantly, that as a young man, as a young lady, it is your destiny first before your job. Anything that will make you sin against your God, say no to it. Say no to it. That your boss, because of thousand cities or whatever cities, who wants to use you as his office wife? Say no. Say no. Because your destiny is more important. Daniel said, we will not defile ourselves with the king's meat and food. We will not. Food is not as important as my destiny. My job is not important as my destiny. Hallelujah. Quite remember when we, I went to Archbishop first time we were having a party. One person brought wine. Said, Can you taste wine? The way I shouted 
No. Do you think we are wine barbers like you? The second one came. The way I looked at him, he never tried. Evil keeps on coming your way because you are not saying no to evil. One person said, Mr. Frimpong, you are taking this too far. I said, yes, sin is taking a lot of people too far. So let me also say it. One person said, this church, you hit things hard. Said, let us hit things hard, hard. We hit it hard. You see, the reason why sin is prevailing in the church is because things are not being hit hard. Evil is no more called evil. Somebody commits adultery and they say it is the person's weakness. The person told a lie, a lie. And we are covering his weakness. The wife is not around, that is why. Unfaithfulness, unfaithfulness. Don't use any excuse to cover anything. Evil is smiling at evil in the church because what is called sin, we are no more talking. That thing is sin. What is wrong is wrong. Uh, cover the thing and then people are sinning. You talk about they are angry and they are using scriptures to, you know, I, my wife traveled and I, there was pressure and I wanted to use my... You have fornicated. You have committed adultery. You say it hard. Hallelujah. Things must, that is why evil is prevailing. We are not hitting things hard. Whatever you are not hitting hard, whatever sin you don't reprove, one man of God said, very soon you will approve. I pray that God will bring us to a point where we will develop, He will share abroad in us the love and the passion for righteousness. Hallelujah. So, one way we assess the mystery of sanctification is a passion for righteousness. Your test, your hunger, what you are not hungry for, you will not be filled with. Hallelujah. Another way we Assess the mystery of godliness is by fulfilling the law by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself by fulfilling the law. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The commandment is summarized into two. Love for God and love for your neighbor. Romans chapter 13 verse 8. Romans chapter 13 verse 8. Said, O no man anything 
but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. When you love God, automatically you will hate evil. Loving God means you do things that pleases God. You do things that will not hurt God. That is loving God. And God is saying that if you say that you love me and you don't love your neighbor, then you are a liar. The reason why a lot of people commit sin is because the love for their neighbor is not in their heart. What you are doing against your brother, put yourself in the person's shoe. If when that thing is done to you, you will be happy. If the love of your neighbor is in your heart, you will not touch what belongs to him. If the love of your neighbor is in you, you will not harbor bitterness, unforgiveness in your heart. If you will fulfill that law of loving your neighbor, you will soon that very soon sin will be going away from you. There are so many people who do the things they do, they don't think about what happens to their neighbors. The negative effect that happens to their neighbors. Gone are the days that all day a believer says, brother, we are praying for you. And truly the person is praying for you. Nowadays when the person says, I'm praying for you, you go behind the person. When we were advising him, they didn't listen. I waste my time pray for you. No love for our neighbors anymore. Two people come to church, they are not talking. They don't talk to each other. Your brother is greeting you when you are you have become like a frog that is about to pass. No love for our neighbors. And we are looking for anointing. Anointing for what? So that you will be more anointed in not talking to your brother. It comes with sanctification first. Love for your brother. You see, when you read the Ten Commandments, everything, I think about two of them talks about your love for God. The others talk about doing things that will not hurt your neighbor. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not touch your neighbor's wife. Do not. That woman, you, you are a reputable man. You are using this small girl as your office wife. If it is your child. Will you be pleased? Not. So many of the things that we do. You see, when love is in our heart, love does not think evil. 
It does not think evil. It does not do evil against the brother. Hallelujah. I pray that if God will bring us to a point where the love for our neighbor should be the most important thing we ever desire to do. Very soon sin will die. Very soon sin will die. We are committing the things we are committing because we don't have that love for our neighbor. Hallelujah. Touch no unclean thing. Hallelujah. We need to get to that point. Today, a believer backslides and other believers are happy. People are happy that a pastor has fallen. People are rejoicing and making noise that a believer has backslided. It is only the church that when their soldiers are wounded, we kill them. We don't drag them to heal them. As I've said, if you hear people doing evil and you are happy, no, your, your conscience is dying. Very soon you'll be doing the things they are doing. So laugh for your neighbors. Laugh for your neighbors. Laugh for your neighbors. And finally, what are the blessings in sanctification? One blessing in sanctification is divine greatness. Divine greatness. We see in the life of Joseph. Joseph said no to Potiphar's wife in Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. He said, how can I do this wicked thing against my God? And by reason of his holiness, he was exalted. He became great. Greatness is rooted in sanctification. Greatness is rooted in sanctification. He refused Daniel to defile himself with idol's food. He refused evil and he became great. All the kings that came to meet Daniel, he was relevant in their time. Greatness is rooted in a life of holiness. He refused evil. He removed the fuse of his mind. You see, in electricity, they talk about fuse. Refuse and infuse. You remove a fuse to disconnect power. He removed the fuse of his mind from evil. And Daniel became great. In Job chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. Job was the greatest in all the east. Because he eschewed evil. He was an upright man. Upright. So he became great. In 2 Timothy chapter 2. 
Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 to 21. Nevertheless, the foundation of God's standard show. Having this sea, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. If you want your life to be honorable, purge your life. In a great house, we are vessels. Just as individuals here, every one of us here, we desire to use clean vessels to eat, clean vessels to drink. So also God expects and uses people who are clean, clean vessels. When we were in secondary school, there was one senior called Agbalaba. He became a day student. Because a form one student used a dirty cup to fetch water for him. But he broke for form one in the demand and inspired. So Abalagba became a day student. What's the point here? We don't desire to use dirty cups. We don't desire to use dirty vessels. So also, God uses vessels that are holy, vessels that are clean. If you want to come to a point of being honorable as a great person, then you need to purge yourself. That's no unclean thing. That's no unclean thing. Anything that will bring evil your way, know that it is an attempt of the devil to bring you low. Anytime you sin, Know that some greatness in your destiny drops. So sin is not for pleasure. Anytime sin is knocking at your door, have in mind that it is trying to trap me into lowness. Because what will make you great is holiness. Holiness. I pray that God will pour upon us the grace to live a holy life. What will make you great is holiness. When Samson had potentials in him, one man delivering a whole nation, when he was toying with sin, sin turned him to become a toy. Potential was turned into trash. A soldier, a mighty man, who was supposed to save a nation, was now being used as a toy in grinding mail in the enemy's camp. If you continue to let sin dwell in you, very soon potential will turn into trash. What will bring the greatness in you among other things is your holiness. Hallelujah. You want to be on your feet.